I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin with Kane's mask on pretending I'm Kane I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin oh my god no Jesus Christ oh yeah and and Vince is yelling at me god damn it do it harder make more noise and stuff it's gotta be over the top I really did I screwed your brains out Well, if you checked out Wrestling Twitter at all today, you know the uh, Jim Cornette versus Dave Meltzer feud is back in full force as they continue to argue over all Elite Wrestling's Dynamite program. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it's funny because I, I have not seen that. I've been on Twitter, but I've somehow looked over that. But I did, right before we started recording here, I, I was listening to the Cornette um, mm-hmm. from yesterday's you – know, this is Saturday, yesterday's show. No, no, no. Sorry. Take that back. This was the drive through I was listening to from earlier okay. in the week. And and after he was talking about the 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 horror show, the pay per view, and stuff like that. That's the first time I've listened. To, honestly, the first time I listened to Cornette and, geez, man, I would say at least a month or so. Uh, just I kind you know things with him and everything else going on. I, it's gotten where I can just take him in small doses anymore. But I think that's fair. I mean, I think that's that's especially with the negativity that's in the world, you know. Right. Exactly, man. Exactly. So, but but just oddly enough, I was listening to his. I was like, damn, I have to listen to Cornette. Let's see what he's got to say about shit. Which you know, obviously, not not not, not much has changed in that aspect. But uh, but I have not seen the Twitter, and I and I, I this must have just started up in the last few days because that wasn't mentioned on the drive through at all. No, because he did the he did the Jim Cornette experience, and they talked about AEW, and he, he very much shit all over it. Meanwhile, <laughs> uh, AEW Dynamite had the best week they've had since the pandemic started. Eight hundred forty-five thousand total viewers. They were number five among eighteen to forty-nine. Uh, again, that's the highest viewership they've had since March the eighteenth. You remember what a, what a different world it was back in, on March the eighteenth? Man, I sort of. I think they had just canceled all the basketball, the March Madness stuff. Yeah, back in those days. that was about that time. Yep. And maybe on March the 18th, we were kind of, sort of thinking there might be an opening day in baseball, and I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was going was, down yeah, at that point. A lot of ifs and buts back then that, um, that didn't I, follow through. I think George Floyd was alive on March the 18th. I, I believe you're right. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of shit that's gone down in the past, uh, whatever that is, March to uh, July, April, May, June, four months, 120 days, whatever it is. NXT yeah. garnering 615,000 viewers down 2.5% from the week to week. NXT came at number 35, 18 to 49 demo. So it, it was a pretty solid ass kicking. I don't know if you can contribute one thing or another to it because I don't know if there was anything extremely special on that dynamite, I thought everything was executed fairly well. There were there were bits and pieces of it I didn't like, and we can break that down. It was uh, at the end of it, they left it with the return of Sammy Guevara, which I thought was pretty interesting. Interesting, that's the word. Yeah, Moxley and Cage was the way that that one finished was also kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, that one was <laughs> that was interesting too. Um, there was too much Alex Marvez on that show. I'll tell you that. Much. Golly, what's up with that? All of a sudden, <laughs> we need to. We really let's shoot these people off again. Of all of all the things that Tony Khan is saying, you know, we got to get more Alex on the show. Yes, work that guy in. That's what we have to do. So I don't. He's I, I've listened to Jim's um, 
review of AW Dynamite, and he's very negative about all of it. I think he had very little good to say about all of it. One of the things that stuck out to me was he said that Brody Lee it was he, he's like the worst talker of any guy that's ever been pushed in modern wrestling history. <laughs> Which I find a little histrionic, and I don't think it's really supported by anything, but it's, you know, it's typical Jim Cornette. He says not only can the guy not promo, the guy can't even really talk. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, he's not the best, but I don't know if he's, you know, I think that's just one of his deals where he just goes overboard with shit. He's talking about Cornette. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Um, I, I found that to be hilarious. <laughs> they, I, I, you should never listen to Disco Inferno on anything, but he, you know, he has his content he puts out with Conan and stuff, and I was listening to it, and it looks like now AEW is the anti-WWE in that that's where big guys go to get killed. If you're a big guy, you go to AEW, you're gonna get buried, and they're talking specifically about Brian Cage against Moxley, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, it, 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 it has merits. That statement. It's, I find that. I mean, I don't know if that's that's like a game plan that they have or something that's just kind of happening as a matter of you know. And I don't know if you can put pull put all the dots together on that, but it does it does seem that way. And I don't know if anybody ever at any point in time the Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody got together and go, you know, every big guy that comes in here we're just gonna kick their ass. <laughs> yeah, come God. on, man, come on. I don't man. know if that really happened or not. I'm not no. sure. No. No. Well, <laughs> are, you, I, are you being serious? Or are you are you joking? Because well, let's, let's not let's not dismiss it out of hand. I mean, that meeting could have happened, Brian. I don't think it happened. I mean, come on, it no, could have happened. All right, the coronavirus could have been created in a lab. Well, okay, but I I understand. Well, yeah, I'm not going to go. If, in case you missed this, this has also popped up in the past 24 hours. There's a stupid ass show on Sinclair Broadcasting, the parent company of Ring uh, of Honor. That's why that was top of mind. Featuring Eric Bowling, the former Fox guy, and they have this stupid Jan Mikovits or whatever her name is, and she there is a wacky, stupid, 4chan right wing bullshit theory that Dr. Anthony Fauci was uh instrumental in creating the coronavirus. Yes. So they yes. put this this Mikovits person on there with a bowling and they have a very serious and he barely challenges her and says, Well, that's a very strong statement. And then Afterwards, apparently on the show, they have people at least somewhat challenged it in other segments to say that it's not true. And Sinclair issues tweets saying, look, we put it out there. We believe in the free exchange of ideas, and that's all there is to it. And we we did not just let it go unchallenged, which I think is, you know. You know what? Brian, I'm about to the point with Sinclair. I mean, not to go off on the ramp too far here, but I'm I'm about to the point with Sinclair that I'm just going to say F R O H. And no offense to R O H. I love the guys. I love R O H. But F them until at until point, at some point the splatter from this has to get on these guys. You would think. I mean, it's getting. Uh, well, you remember the whole thing that still kind of goes around on Twitter once in a while. I'll see people reposting it. The the exact verbiage of all the Sinclair news stations back when the oh, right. virus. Yeah. Got, Where they, they're like the Stepford Wives. And they yes. just have to repeat the thing. Yeah, I love that shit. They, yeah, they put like the whole Zoom thing, almost looking screen with all the one, all the different local stations. At the same time, saying the same thing, you know, it's kind of edited together, but they're in in sync with each other, saying the same. I don't know what do you even call it, spiel of bullshit, and it's just so obvious, man. It's they're they're like America One without saying they're America One. 
isn't isn't it like a um isn't it like a a just a, a robotic repetition of, of warnings against fake news which is i think completely ironic oh yeah, yeah isn't it isn't it it's kind of the weirdest thing ever um so yeah, I'm not really sure why AEW had the week that they did, and I, I know that <laughs> Jim is out there making some histrionic statements. I'm trying to I'm trying to look at some of the stuff that Dave is trying to. Uh, I mean, well, if right. you don't think that, that that there was some sort of meeting going, we're going to take big guys in here and just destroy them. Anytime we get a big guy in this company, now Luchasaurus aside, he's done very well, and they've been able to to, to keep that guy going. Of course, he had an injury and he was out for a little bit. Right. Like, come on! How can you? How else would you explain Marco Stunt getting as much face time on that show as he does? Is, is Marco Stunt really some sort of needle mover that we have to have him involved with as much shit as what they do on that show? No, not at all. I think I think the the shit's worn off with him. If, if whatever shit was going on with him, I think is worn off by now. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with the people that like tolerated him, I think that. It's got to be, man, because it's worn off worse on me, and I didn't like it to start. I mean, he was you – you remember when we saw him that time it, it locally it, when he when he came to to the uh, – not AML, goddamn. Uh, no, he was at CWF. The, the CWF. CWF Arena, absolutely. Yeah. It was, and it was right after, I think, the All In. I think it was. He was, was, he was it, pretty what? hot at that time. Okay. Uh, that's right. That's right, because – I didn't remember he, you and Bruce Didn't he get hurt right after that, or maybe yes, it was right yes, yes. That's when he went through the bar table or something, and he was the hot thing in indie, in indie wrestling at that time. He was like everybody had to book that guy. Yeah, and because I, I was giving him props, man, because like the halftime when we went out to the, the lot, or yes. might have been after the show, and we, he had that little booth set up with those pretty nice looking shirts, you know, the little shirt gimmick that he had going on, and I was like, damn, this dude might be doing something, but you know. <laughs> And I appreciated what he did in the ring, whatever, you know, with that little thing he did in front of us. And it was, you know, it was indie worthy. I'm not saying it wasn't, but there's, there's, there's just obviously a, a ceiling for him. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to be an asshole about it, but the, the reality and, and wrestling I know are, are, you know, everybody's perspective. You know, however you want to look at it. But you remember, the, like, come you on. remember this. You remember it was like 1987. I want to say. Yeah, I want to say it was 1987 going on 1988. And R.E.M. had just left IRS Records and they'd signed with Warner Brothers. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. And you remember? Every, every, oh, my God. They sold out. Oh, it's oh, my God. They're just <laughs> it's just a money grab. Oh, my God. What a bunch of fucking sellouts. And my point would be, as I make these painful analogies, which people who watch this program love so much or listen to this program, uh, <laughs> R.A.M. decided we're not going to just be an indie rock band anymore. I mean, we did the indie rock thing and we loved it. And you could go see us at the bowling alley for five bucks. But we we have to move on, not just for the business reasons, but for our own sanity. And it may not be like the greatest thing in the world for us to play 20,000 seat arenas, but that's that's kind of what's next. We have to do that. <laughs> Right. Uh, so they signed with uh, they signed with uh, Warner Brothers Records. They you know they record Green, which is a fantastic album. Oh my God, what a sellout! It's blah, 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 and you know they take it to another. They didn't remain in Indieville, which is a state right. of mind. I know that there's some. I, I I feel like among the mindset of the AEW vice presidents, of which there are 26, I think there's just like we can just be indie wrestling and it'll become huge. 
And I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I think there's also a correlation. I used to say this all the time when I worked at a college radio station. College radio is a state of mind. And it can get big, but it's not going to get that big because it's just not. It's just, it's just the, this bunch of people that really think that they are the truth as far as defending the musical taste of the world. And that's that's not what they do. And people are just not that into it. And I, I think to an extent, that's what some of the, the 27 vice presidents at All Elite Wrestling think is that we are the vanguards of what wrestling should be. And we're just going to continue to do what we do and everybody will come to us. I don't. I don't think that's how that works at all. I think you, you've got a ceiling on stuff. You do have to change and adapt and not be indie boy, indie girl. And I do. I look. He's he's talking also about Dave Meltzer here talking about Jim Cornette's irrational hatred of Kenny Omega. And to an extent, Jim Cornette does have an irrational hatred of, of Kenny Omega with the little kid and the blow up doll and all that other stuff. It just won't let it go. Shit like that. Yeah, I know. But to be fair, and I would, I'm a huge Kenny Omega fan. 2020 Kenny Omega is not 2016 or 2017 Kenny Omega. He just isn't. I mean, and I think I told, I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I told somebody, I think it's because he's knee deep in Japanese pussy right now. Yes. <laughs> he's, he can't, he's, I, I think he got too involved in the trappings of all of the stardom and stuff. And I think he should be one of the more pushed guys on that show. I, I, I think he, in NBA terms, he's passing the ball too much. Right, I agree, man. And because I'll say this too, I'll I will even have your back on this because I remember you touting him before I really knew who who the hell he even was. To be honest, I I, I maybe heard or seen the name drift by at some point, but not really know who, who what he who he was and what he was about and stuff. And you you kept talking him up back in the New Japan days, and of course I'm not a New Japan guy, so of course. I'm not going to know much about him to start with. So you started talking him up and then, you know, time goes on. Next thing you know, AEW comes along and I see him and I, you know, I, I just can't believe and I, but I've seen some stuff from him in do Japan since then. So I've gone back and watched. So, so I see there is a difference. There's and I think there's an obvious difference. Don't you think? Well, not only in, not only in work, but also in, in booking and everything. I, I would have, yeah, I, I think I said that three years ago, he was the best worker in the world. I, yeah. I don't, I don't have any regrets in saying that. I think in 2016 or 2017, he was the best worker in the world. I don't think anybody could touch him. I think those matches, especially with Chris Jericho over in Japan, were amazing. Uh, any, any number of feuds that he was with, with guys over there uh, were, were, were amazing. And, yeah, I'll go, you know, five-star matches, whatever you want to call them. They're all classics. But he's nowhere near that level right now. That's, that's not even – I don't even think that's discussable. That's not even a controversial statement. I don't think he's done a tenth of what he could possibly do – in all elite wrestling that he did in New Japan, I'm not saying it all has to be done at once, but we are in in kind of a in case of emergency break glass situation here with this promotion in terms of the pandemic and stuff. And I think the overwhelming um, statement of Kenny Omega in all elite wrestling was that horrible bloodbath he had with John Moxley. The That's, unnecessary one? Is that what you're talking about? The absolutely unnecessary. And thank God once again, Chris Cruz. Thank you for exposing that to the Maryland State Athletic Commission. I can't, as a wrestling fan, and just a fan of humanity, the favor that you did for all of us, Chris Cruz, in making, what a these, guy. making these people accountable for, for that garbage wrestling, I can't tell you how you changed the industry, sir. So many people now love you and, and have, have said that they will never have a match like that again because you, sir, had the temerity to stand up 
to the face of power, a company that's been in business less than a year, and 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 show them they can't get away with something that wasn't damaging to anybody in any way. But you, let, let me tell you, sir, you made your statement, and you the real hero, and frankly, I think you are Time Magazine's person of the year. Fuck Anthony Fauci. Uh, I, that guy is a, a charlatan and a fraud. Chris Cruz, you the real hero. And I don't want this to get lost in the middle of all the COVID-19 alleged heroes, doctors, nurses, cops, paramedics. Chris Cruz is the definition of a hero. That man has suffered the slings and arrows so much and still been able to go on with his life and change the culture. They'll, I'll tell you what, they'll never come back to Maryland and do another match like that again. They better not. Because <laughs> Maryland is Chris Cruz country, motherfuckers. Damn right. You 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 step one foot in the what, what state are they're not the ocean state because I think that's like Rhode Island. I don't know what they are. The crab know. the crab cake state. Crab cake state. Or Ray know. Lewis state. The you know, oh, Catholic uh. state. Um, the wire state. You step one foot in the wire state, sir. And you're in Chris Cruz country, and you better mind your p's and q's. <clears throat> no, but that's that's the that's the overwhelming statement for Kenny Omega, is that dreadful match uh, that he had with John Moxley. Yes. To yeah. fin- and and and, and it, it, I mean, that, other than that, he's not made any great statements, and he's not been the best worker in the world. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if he's forgotten who he is, or he put himself on the back burner to let other people get pushed, or like I said, he's been worrying more about who he's banging backstage. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what what's going on there, but he, he's it, it, it is. Um, it's provable that this guy is not what he was. I don't. I don't. Th- I think Jim Cornette goes way too far with it. But Dave is also trying to remember a time that wasn't there. Very much similar to the people who were like, "Well, Vince McMahon's the best promoter in history." Well, he was. You know, thirty-three years ago, he was the best. I, I don't know if he's the best promoter. I don't think he's not that guy anymore. He, I, I don't. I don't believe that to be the case. I don't right. think Jim Ross is the same announcer in twenty twenty as, as he was in nineteen ninety eight either. How can anybody argue stuff like that? I mean, it's I, I just, don't know. I, you know. Strangely enough, I think Tony Schiavone's probably way better in 2020 than he was in 1998 or 1999. But there's a solid reason for that, I think. Well, yeah, because he was in a miserable fucking company full of idiots. In a pl- well, there you go. Was booked by Vince Russo. So, yeah, there you go. Of course, there's I think there exceptions was to the rule right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. This is the one thing that he said that got to me. Um this guy is being facetious. You're right. Cornette should realize wrestling is better than his day. That's why, let's say, picking a random event, Great American Bash 88 did better numbers than any AEW event. Also, LOL, are we going to pretend people are buying pay-per-view for these guys and not the actual stars? Dave's reply, the ticket demand for All Out 1 dwarfed the 1988 Bash. Not even comparable. Nice try. Hold up. Just for a moment. That's like saying that Taylor Swift is way better than the Beatles, isn't it? Can you imagine? Sort of. Can you imagine in 1968 if you would have been able to push a button on a phone and get a Beatles record? Could you imagine how much more the Beatles could have sold? Oh yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, people Christ. don't think about that stuff. People do not think about that stuff. And I give, I, I give AEW, I give them all the credit in the world for All Out and all that they did. It was tremendous. It was a great. But I, to just make a statement like that, that demand in 1988, if anybody in the country could have pushed one button and gotten a ticket to. Great American Bash and been able to go. My God, they would have sold ten times more tickets. 
And, and I'll tell you something else that, that I don't know if you actually listened to the, the drive through as well, uh, this past time. But one thing I did do remember him saying that really stuck out to me. And I'm going to take Cornette on his word on this because I didn't go back and look it up or anything. But he said that whenever year that they gave Ole Anderson talking about NWA, WCW, I'm not sure if he even said the year, but I, I want to say it was. I don't know. Whenever that was, eighty mid eighties to early nineties kind of deal, yeah, yeah. back in that era, I guess. Mm-hmm. That that Saturday morning show that, that they threw on Oli, whatever it was Oli Saturday morning wrestling, Oli's Funhouse, Jamboree or something. You know, I don't know what it was. And yeah, and he's he said that those he, that Oli did better numbers on that Saturday morning seven thirty a.m. Eastern Standard Time show than AEW's number so far on an average. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning, 7.30 a.m. on cable TV back then. Which, yeah, but it, you know. that's, um, that's almost not even a fair comparison as well because there were way less cable channels back then. Right. <laughs> you, know, you can't, you can't even say that because there was, you know, there was like five cable stations or whatever back in the day. Right, right. Do you remember, I mean, you remember when you first got cable and it's like, oh my God, there's 20 channels on here and you, your mind was just I, I, Yeah, man, I'm guilty, guilty as hell. I was so oh happy God. though. I was so deprived through my, High school years not having it and all these other, because we lived off of, of, uh, NC Highway. No, I'm sorry. U.S. Highway 158, about a mile off the road on a, you know, a little two lane road. But they stopped doing it right up the, at 158. They didn't come down our road. So all these people on 158 and, and, and these, you know, subdivisions and all that, that were, you know, of course required it, whether they were a mile off the road or not, they got all this stuff and we didn't. And, oh, it was just, Horrible hearing people talk about stuff, and I'm ugh. so. But yes, did you, did you make the offer to the cable company? They were going to charge you like a, an outrageous amount of money, like two hundred dollars, to run the thing up to your house or something. I, you know, I don't know. I, that was that was my mom's deal back then, so I don't know. I don't think she looked into this is anything where, like that. This was divorced parents for the win. My yeah. dad got it at some point. Yes. My mom yeah, never my got it. You got it before my mom. <laughs> exactly, and so like. It was, it was completely unfair. Cause like my mom, we had, we had like no cable. We did not watch television on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. That was a time to read and study and do shit like that. She wouldn't let us watch. And there were certain shows that she deemed too stupid for us to watch, including the Dukes of Hazzard. Dukes of Hazzard. I remember you telling Plus, me that. We didn't, we, we didn't have. <laughs> She's so prophetic. A team was also another one that she just said was too stupid for us to watch. So. <laughs> My mom was also very strict. She didn't have like Coca-Cola in the house for us and, and like sweets and junk food and stuff like that. Dad's was just, it was just, a, it was a party. It was just like fucking soda and Twinkies and cable TV and I could stay up really super late, which I know totally, it had to fuck with her when I came back home trying to rope me in from all this sugar and, you know, like crazy and shit. Yeah, man. That's what oh, dads yeah. are for. That's what divorced dads who are terrible fathers do. Man, yeah. They turn their children into wild ass wind up toys and send them right back to mom. <laughs> that's what they God, do. God, my, I remember my, my brother and I would just go over, when we'd go over to his house, we'd stay up all night watching HBO. We'd, we, we watched the, the first Friday the 13th like a million times, you know, so it was just. Were you also, I, I, I discovered porn, I think, over at my dad's too. Uh, yeah, cause it was one of those boxes where you could, you know, fiddle no, it with was, the, the thing or this was from dead trees this is a magazine i can't remember which one it was oh, it, was, oh, it, was, I, it was it was a good one too and i can't remember it wasn't we or gallery but there was another one it was really it was really like good a cherry c-h-o-e-r-i yeah it was it was one and it was just absolutely i mean it was filthy it was so graphic and yes. everything else and it was just really yeah it was just, 
just hurtled me right into puberty. It just 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 threw me like it was oh, being launched into the sun. It was it was the Drew McIntyre Claymore is what it was. They they like it if you put your finger there. Oh, wow. Didn't know that? Is that a thing? Can we do that? Can can I get in that position? Really? Is that? I don't understand. She she likes that. So yeah, that was that was what would happen over at dads, and we'd watch. I would watch wrestling. I I remember specifically getting very excited in my teenage years watching. It was the, I think it was the Wyndham Flair uh, draw uh, on Battle of the Belts, and I and, and I did something. I crashed on the bed and I broke the bed. Like what the blanks. <laughs> And I played it off, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's a piece of shit. It's an old antique bed. Don't worry about it. And it was like one of the few times ever. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little rambunctious. Got a little crazy there. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. you can't. I mean, you can't You can't compare the 730 versus – and I I mean, I I give all of the wrestling they're doing. That's a big number for them. 845,000 on a Wednesday night after, you know, having NXT beat them a couple of weeks ago for no particular reason is, is pretty good. I, again, I don't know – if I could really explain it, I don't think um, Jericho was particularly good. I don't. I don't think this thing that he's doing with Orange Cassidy is helping him out at all. You know, I, if you look at it like on paper, I guess, and and, and you know, that, that we could do something with this. You know, Orange yeah. Cassidy he's pretty hot, and Jericho's Jericho. So we. Could, but I just don't think the. I just don't think they something's not right about it. They're they're, they're chemically not there with each other, or, or the writing's just not the the. I don't know. Something's just not clicking. I'm I'm with you on that. And he keeps wearing the 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 coat out with the orange juice on it. I don't I don't I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Yeah, come on. You, you, you got you, some cleaners somewhere. Some some, you, some 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 cleaners somewhere can get the orange juice out of your fucking coat. <laughs> or get another coat because you. Or get another coat. Jeez. Have a hundred and sixty thousand of them. Tony Khan paid you a shit ton of money. Walk down the street and get a new fucking coat, ass. Seriously. Jesus God, you're Chris Jericho. How can this be a thing? But you know Are what? You-, I, you know, you know what I did enjoy maybe the most on, on this past AEW, this past Dynam- this week's Dynamite was uh, Eddie Kingston. I'm just, I'm such an Eddie Kingston fan. I mean, you may call me crazy, you, you not see what I see in him, but I just. He really came to light for me back really not that long ago when he was in in, NWA. I really didn't know he had jumped over to AEW through all this pandemic stuff. So, uh, so good for him for one thing. And, but I was just going to say, I I remember, you know, seeing Kingston spotty and, you know, and TNA, I guess it was and, and stuff, but, but he really, man, he just, I just thought he was so good in NWA. He can work that mic. I didn't know he was such a, he could throw down the mic like that, man. And just, I, I was just, well, I was just happy to see him and I hated he lost, but I get it. But I'm just glad to see that he's still doing his thing, man. I'm, I'm really a big Kingston fan. I think he's got a lot of value. I think he, he could bring a new, uh, as, as Bruce Pritchard said, a fresh coat of paint or a fresh paint of coat. Fresh paint of coat? Dumbass. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 I like him a lot. I think he's, he's got a lot of value and I think he brings a lot to the table. And I'm glad that they ended up signing Ricky Starks too, cause I think that oh, worked out pretty well. Yes, 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 yes. And I'm glad that was a good move, I think, to put him with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, with, with, uh, God dang, with Cage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause he came out and attacked. I, I, and I think also this is where they, they think out of the box, and this is where the AEW um, kind of frame of mind is going to be good. Because I think WWE would be like, ah, we already got our Spanish, Hispanic guy. Right, 
Right. We, get, we already got Sammy Guevara. We're good. We don't need two of them. Yeah. And I think AEW is like, well, fuck yeah, we'll have two of them. There's like a lot of Hispanic people, and having two on the show would be like a lot of them could connect with either one of them, you know? Shit, yeah. One of them could be a baby face. One could be a heel. They could both be baby faces. Somebody, you know, somebody's going to find their, their French vanilla and their Jamaican vanilla. They're going to, they're going to like the, 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 what we're serving up. So it's okay to, it's, it's okay to hire two Hispanic guys, you know? Right. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little, I don't know what the word is. Um, unsure mm-hmm. about, Guevara coming back as quick as he did. It maybe it's not as quick as I think it was, but it seems like it was quicker than it should have been. He was out for a while, and they were able to do all this stuff with him. Uh, it's only and, been uh, like a couple of weeks, up. though, right? Well, they were, but they did the stuff where he had, where they wheeled him around for a little bit, so he was able to kind of. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because of Britt Baker's injury seems to have gone on forever. That maybe if you try to compare those two, it's been, you know, not, not as long or whatever, but hopefully, I mean, hopefully he's healed up. Well, I was really more so talking about the, the Sasha Banks thing. Mm, I, and, I understand. Oh, okay. I, I, I just, I just thought they would kind of keep him in the shadows for a little while and make absolutely positively sure that this isn't going to happen again kind of stuff. But maybe, you know, maybe that, that has happened. It just seems like to me that it, it was. Quickly. Well, I think the way that they Wait. both handled that was it kind of helped put the whole thing behind him. I mean, I think it was like she was had a, a conversation with him. He acknowledged that he was dreadful about it. And he needs to do better. Um, it's amazing what a little bit of contrition will do for you. Joey Ryan. Oh, God. I'll do me do that again. It's amazing what a little contrition will do for you. Joey Ryan, you son of a. <laughs> it's, it's amazing what a little contrition will do for you. Joey Ryan. <laughs> really seriously uh, 58 fucking minutes are you shitting me 58 fucking minutes of you I, are you god do you this is there's nobody in this man's life this is this is what saddens me there's nobody in this man's life who loves him enough or cares him for him enough to go you you can't put out that 58 minute video. It's just horrible. It makes you look bad. It's defensive. It does not solve mm. any problems. You can't do that. We well, all have we all desperate have people, man. We all have people in our lives, whether it's a girlfriend or a spouse or a parent or a brother or sister, somebody who, you know, if they see us making a mistake or doing something unwise, you need to reflect a little bit before you go out there rushing out the door to go pop that guy. You you need to stop. And and this man has no one in his life that could stop him from releasing a 58-minute whatever the – I don't know what. It was a fuck fest is basically what that was, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. He just he just took the damn hammer and went straight to his head right in the ground. Did you enjoy seeing Eva Lee on Dynamite? I did. I did. I've always liked Eva Lee. I, you know, I think she's got a little history with some shit, but I think everybody's got a little history with some shit. <laughs> but, it seems like it. But, you know, I, I, I liked her before. I don't know what she's like in person. I think she was at WrestleCade this past time. I, I don't think we talked to her or anything, but she was there. Uh, but, yeah, I've always liked Eva Lise as a worker. Shoot. If I Back, uh, back in the Lucha Libre or the um, uh, Lucha Underground days. I, I, would you really be surprised at this point if Daniel Bryan smacked the ass of an underage girl with a organic beat? Would that no, be- sir. No, I, I really wouldn't. I'm not saying that. Oh, I had, I had, uh, I had 
I'm gonna. I don't know if I've. I don't have I revealed this on the show that I actually have a girlfriend now. I don't think you have. Yeah, I've got. I was. It, let's. I had a person over at my house last. And as Mitch Hedberg said, I don't have a girlfriend. I just know a girl who would be pissed if she heard me say that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, she tells me she's read this article about the Bellas, and she. Uh, it was on Jezebel. I guess she was reading from the Jezebel site, and we were talking about the Bellas. Well, well, she's yeah. reading articles on the Bellas, so there's a there's a there's one star. <laughs> no, right? Which I told her was you know completely unnecessary. They weren't really good wrestlers, blah blah blah. I mean, I give them complete credit for being hard workers right. and establishing the brand of clothing and all that other horseshit. You'll take a victory when you can get it. So uh, I go, yeah. The the one was with John Cena for a while. Now she's with somebody else, and she's pregnant. And the other one, she's married to this guy. And I had a picture. I had. I had the wrestling road diaries with the Daniel Bryan right there, and then I told her, of course, the oddly enough, I told her the Daniel Bryan story from 2010. (laughs) 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 So, so how did you feel being the only person not to ever to hear that before? (laughs) It's like we've told it so many times. Hey, but I, I would have, I would just point out again, it made his book. It was, you. In, it was in Daniel Bryan's book, so it was something that was significant to him. I remember hearing that in the car when he talked about it. I'm like, yes, yes. I, I was I was listening. I was, I was driving Uber at that time, and I was up in the mountains in Asheville, and I'd had the book delivered up to my mom's house so I could I could listen to it while I was out delivering or doing some Uber stuff over at the Asheville airport. And I'm listening to it. I'm listening to it, waiting for rides and shit. And all of a sudden, that thing comes on. And I immediately got the phone and broke my neck. Like, oh, my God, Brian. It's in the book. It's in the book. I wanted to fast forward to it so badly when I got that. It was so good. It was so good. And then I told her about Scrap Iron getting in the ring afterwards going, are you stupid? He played that. That was so, that was so underappreciated. It was, it was such a great capper line. What are you, stupid? <laughs> <laughs> and for that reason, we will always be fans of Adam Pierce. Oh, I started following him on Twitter like right after that, pretty much. And he, he was a re- he was a really good worker. He was. Yeah, I thought he was too. And I'm like you, I'd really never heard of him before that night. <laughs> You heard you heard the story that Cornette told about them trying to bring him in as an announcer in ROH and then like the the stupid ass skip the T-shirt boy blocking it because oh Adam, yes Adam yes. Pierce had threatened to threaten his life or whatever <laughs> probably with with right with right to do that mm. yeah from what I've heard about that dude about Skip or whatever his name is now, did we we didn't talk about the Good Brothers podcast last week did we that came out just after briefly. yeah well, it just come out I think when uh, and I really hadn't had a chance to listen to it, or I've just read some excerpts from it, basically. What What was your take? Because it was one of those I listened to about five, six, seven times. Uh, I've only listened to it once, but I, you know, it's about what I expected. I don't think anything jumped out too hard that we hadn't already <laughs> talked about, to be honest. But I don't know. What do you think? I mean, well, I, the, I, the whole Heyman thing was a little. Mm. It's it's egregious. I mean, the, it's one of the it's one of the worst sins of the Paul Heyman pantheon, and that that covers a lot of ground. Yes, it does. Um, you know, him lying to Tommy Dreamer about selling the company and causing Tommy Dreamer to almost kill himself and, you know, lying to people about trans and stuff like that and owing people a lot of money. It almost pales in comparison to going out of his way to make sure that these two guys were fired and then lying about it. I mean, you can – I'm as far as AJ Styles in his personal life and his outer ring stuff, I'm not – like the biggest fan, but you, you, you have to hundreds. I mean, AJ Styles is the babyface in this, right? 
I guess. I mean, I, I, honestly, man, after listening to Cornette, I'm not real convinced. I'm not. I don't know who to believe. Okay. Because you- Cornette apparently takes. Well, not apparently. He does take the side of McMahon and basically said he, or basically takes the side of Paul Heyman. Uh, I guess I should say, and, and says that you know Heyman can suggest hiring somebody, but unless. I don't know. He, I can't remember exactly the way Cornette. Yeah, Vince, McMahon, Vince McMahon is the final backstop on that. Right, and and, and Heyman it, can suggest things, but I don't think he said he wouldn't suggest someone to be fired unless it was something just something they did, uh, you know, that that was a fireable offense kind of thing, not mm-hmm. a money cutting, budget cutting, firing thing. He wouldn't. He according to Cornette. And so I'm like, mm, I don't know, I, 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 but because I don't know this, I mean, you know, you don't know what to think about Heyman. You don't, you know, you've heard so much shit about him over the years. You don't know what to think. And yeah, but I, I, I think this is this is the sum of the man. I think this is this is the deal. I mean, yeah. And I don't. And Jim, Jim has also said that if you signed a four year deal and they fired you four months later, he'd find a way to go kill somebody over that. Well, so if you're okay. if you're AJ Styles and you beg your friends to stay at WWE, it's going to be a huge payday. We're going to do all this great stuff, and then a few months later they get fired. You're probably going to feel pretty guilty about that, and you're probably going to be very pissed off at Paul Heyman, and you feel like you can oh, never yeah. trust him again. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, if everything went down like AJ said, yeah, he's definitely got a freaking right to be mad, no doubt. What's the what is the kicker on all that, Brian? The kicker on all that is that Paul Heyman ends up getting his ass dosed anyway. Right. After all of that, he goes through all these machinations to make sure that these guys are not here. He has the guys that he needs, and he still gets his ass kicked by Vince McMahon. He still gets thanked and excused for his service. So, I mean, it's it's it, to me, that's the ultimate irony of all this. Paul Heyman is so intent on protecting his own ass, but then his ass gets, you know, demoted. I don't yeah, care. demoted. Is that the word we're using? Uh, I guess. I don't, fire. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I they I, still need him as a spokesperson. Demoted sounds right. They need him as a spokesperson for Brock Lesnar, wherever Brock is. I have no idea. Is he on a milk carton somewhere? Is he down in a bunker somewhere with Trump? I have no idea where he is. Mm. Where is he? Uh, I'm not even convinced that Lesnar will even be back anyway. I mean, when will, uh, you know, I just, when will that be? But when will they, they, make, they really don't need Heyman for anything else before then, according to McMahon, they don't. Well, wouldn't it make all kind of sense for this company to cut all the guys that are making seventy-five or one hundred and fifty a year, and then keep the guy who's making five million? The, the, wouldn't that be the ultimate in Vince McMahon logic? Oh yeah, of wouldn't course. That be, that, this would be the ultimate. Uh, can't afford Zack Ryder, but this fucking Brock Lesnar, we got to keep these paychecks coming. Yeah, I mean, that, that to me, uh, Heath Slater. Now that guy's gone. He's making way too much money. But I, I'm, I'm gonna go shit some dollar bills for Brock Lesnar. Okay, honestly, I don't know. Is Lesnar still under contract? I thought his contract was up, so he he splits Phil. I don't think there's any. I, I don't think there's ever any end to that contract. I think there's like a retainer, and I, I think there's like a. I, I don't think that there's. Well, there might be some handshake thing going on, but I I, I think the you know law wise, I think the his contract paper contract up. I think if there was any doubt about his paper contract being up, you would you would hear all of those rumblings about him going back to UFC. If there was any doubt that he was not being paid in some way as a retainer or something by World Wrestling Entertainment, that's when you would see all of these stories being leaked about, well, I don't know, he might go back to UFC, and, you know, they're on that island somewhere, unless Sable doesn't want him to go to, to Abu Dhabi or whatever. And th- this is another thing that I hear. I love hearing all the people, like, I, again, I have the love-hate relationship with Colin Cowherd. Oh, my God, it's so great what Dana White has done, blah, blah, fantastic. Oh, I can't believe they got their own eye. No, 
they took blood money from Abu Dhabi over there. His guys could be locked up and put into a hotel just as easily as anybody else. They don't give a shit. It's not a great thing. Oh, it's, it's not a wonderful thing. Probably less played, played out, too. It's not... Jesus Christ, it's not that bad. It's not this great thing. Oh, man, what a great man. It's really a triumph of the uh, of the entrepreneurial spirit. It's really just something. <laughs> Give me a break with this shit. I, I love that. Is, I love what that's what Cowherd is. Cowherd saying that he yes. taking. Oh, my God. He's uh, like, it's so great. They bought their own island. They're able to continue. You know, sports is going to continue. You're going to do all this. He's, he's like all of this shit. And it's just a pipe dream so far. I, I think all of this NBA and, and Major League Baseball stuff and the nfl it's an absolute pipe dream somebody's going to get sick and die i mean they're going to have a big star in one of these sports that ends up dying and that's going to be the only thing that slows this down aaron judge patrick mahomes somebody's going to end up getting very very sick and i don't want this to happen but that's the only thing that's going to wake these motherfuckers up that's the only thing that's going to make it so that ah, maybe we shouldn't worry so much about how much money disney's going to lose this quarter by not having nba games on you know come on but if a Zion Williamson or um, Russell Westbrook or you know Harden or somebody like that or Chris Paul or somebody like that gets yeah. really really sick and gets close to dying, then it'll be like you know I I, I guess we should just have an, a reawakening on this and really reflect on what's going on. And I, you know I, I, we, the, the irony also shouldn't be lost as, as we have this new reality in America and we're trying to uh, focus more on the plight of African Americans and the really troubled history we have in this country. That these are majority African Americans who are being not forced, but they, they're they're supposed to take the court, so that giant corporations such as Disney and AT and T can make money. <laughs> and I know they're very well well paid black people. I get that, but it still feels exploitative to me in some way, shape, or form. A little bit, but you know, but but let's you know let's take that six hundred dollars away from all these people who are out of work every week. Exactly let's let's let's. Oh, because I, you know, they're they're just sitting on their ass, and that's really not motivating them. Preventing them, preventing you know workers from bullshit. You know, if they're all sitting and talk about workers being, yeah, I don't know, prevented. I guess is a word from mm-hmm. from hiring all these people. They said because they're all these unemployed people are raking in all this money, and they don't want to go back to work. You know what? I've tried to get jobs. That are below, I'm not going to say where, but I'm just going to say I've since I've been out of work, I've been trying to get a job, and I've went to places and, and interviewed at places that is I don't know really under what I could probably do, but just sure. because there was lack of other things, and I got ditched, and I know it was because of what my what my you know salary requirements or what they thought I, I was just going to walk in there and work a couple of weeks. And, you know, this is their, their assumption you know, that I was going to walk in there, you know, take the job until I found something else and then leave, which was not the case. I mean, I can't help if somebody offered me something, but I wasn't going to actively look, but that's their assumption. So I don't want to hear these people whining and crying about this extra $600 or whatever, preventing them from hiring workers because if that's the way that they're going to act when I, me and, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been affected like that, you know, as far as being shot down from a job that you really were, I guess, overqualified for. So, you know, shut up. I don't want to hear that shit. Exactly. And you got to think the corporate guys are telling, you know, the, uh, the folks in Washington, partic- particularly the Republicans, like, you really need to get this money into the hands of these people because guess what? That's going to keep other people from losing their jobs because that's going to increase consumer spending. These people are going to be able right. to buy pizza and supplies and things that they need for their house. And that's really what keeps the economy going. So fuckers, get off your ass. However, I believe the calculation has been made. 
particularly by the Republicans in the United States Senate, that they don't believe that the bribe of $600 is going to be enough to save their asses come November. So why help out the American people? Okay, well that 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 sheds a lot of light. I should have thought of that. That's that's a believe, per- perfect. Yeah, I think you're right. I believe that's the calculus. I believe the Trump administration and the, the Senate have said, you know, we would put the money in the hands of people if they would show us a thank you by voting for us in November. But I think we're already fucked, so we're not going to give you the, the cash. Yeah, it's not yeah. going to happen. No matter how much you need it, no matter how much it's good for the country, no matter how many Republican voters are going to be hurt by this, we've decided that it's not going to be helpful for us. So. Hmm. Thank you and goodbye. There you go. There you go. Thank you for solving the problem. I, I just there. That's it. That's the calculus that I think has been made. Uh, we can talk about horror show a little bit because it was pretty bad. Mm. <laughs> a couple okay moments, but I don't know, dude. I'm just gonna get cut right to the chase on this yeah. if you don't mind. Please. I just I don't I don't like this cinematic wrestling bullshit. I, I, it, it might be the way of the future or, or whatever. I, old man on the porch, you know, I, I get it, but I, I don't like it. I'm sorry. I, it, I think it's bullshit. The, the AJ Undertaker thing I was against. I mean, it, you know, after I watched it, I went back and watched it again after you and I had the podcast and you, you, you kind of liked it. I'm like, okay, let me go back and look at some things. And it was okay for what it was, but it was an Undertaker. I mean, you kind of, you know, Undertaker's kind of had shit like this off and on all his, wrestling career in, in some form or fashion, some not really cinematic thing, but some, you know, sleight of hand bullshit, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And, exactly. and, and, and it's, it's an undertaker. So he, he gets away with it, but this Bray Braun thing, that was just, that was just the shits, man. It was just, it was just horrible. It was all I could, I was laughing through it. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. It makes no sense. And, and, and I know it's not going to change. So. Is this a, do we blame Jeremy Borash and Matt Hardy for this shit? Is this, is this basically what we do? I mean, they had one thing going and got over, and now I think it's obviously they've, they're reaching for it as a matter of necessity, and it's just been really bad. I don't think the WWE has ever had one of these matches that was really good. I think the best of it was that Undertaker match, but it kind of hurts me to think that that's going to be the Undertaker's last match ever. That, yeah, yeah, you don't want that. But, I, I, so I, don't I, I don't think they've ever done it right. I no. think, sadly, this is one of those things where TNA is much better <laughs> than, than, than WWE was. <laughs> well, well, I mean, Hardy, the whole Hardy thing was just a one-time thing. If it's kind of a one-and-done thing and, and it kind of contributes to what Matt Hardy became as what, you know, the, the Matt Hardy that we, the, the elite Matt Hardy and all that stuff, then okay, you know, they kind of set things up. But I don't want it week in and week out, pay-per-view in, pay-per-view out, just to have some cinematic bullshit going on, you know? Yeah, well, there would, I would just remind you there was more than one of those things, the Matt Hardy things. There was They, they did one or two or three of those things. They did a final yeah, one. Yeah, I guess. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It was all on a theme, and it was, it was very tongue-in-cheek. And I think for what they did, it was fine. I just think... Well, the yeah, WWE, the WWE tried it with uh, with the Braun Strowman thing against Randy Orton in that house, which was you know bullshit. Uh, and then the, I I don't think they've ever gotten it right, and they may. I don't know that thing at the horror show may have been the worst of it. Uh, I can't imagine it being any worse than well. I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> See, every time I, I'm gonna shut up right it, there. Every time we say it, it's always something worse. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we have to talk about Rey Mysterio's eye, don't we? Oh, yeah, I guess. What was your, what did you expect that was before watching it? Of course, what, what was your thinking on how that was going to turn out? Well, you talk about booking yourself into a corner. Yeah, yes. I mean, you just, there's no, I don't know that I had expect, I, I don't know if I thought the guy was going to do like a, uh, you know, a thing where you put the thumb into the guy's eye, pull the eye. I don't know what they were trying to do. I didn't know what was going on, but it was, I think, way, I think it was way worse than I could have imagined. Way worse as far as like, Execution. Execution-wise, okay. Yeah. The psychology, yeah. the effects. I mean, to honestly, to grab a golf ball from the back, <laughs> I, th- I think there should have been a little more forethought. What are we going to do to make the actual eye? Well, it's okay, boss. We'll just grab a golf ball from the back. Okay, good one. That's what we'll do, Bruce. <laughs> Don't zoom in. <laughs> but apparently they, were, the, the, they had all this planned out you know, gory shit, I think, that was going to take place, but they shit canned it for some reason and, but they kept the, the Seth throwing up part, which, you know, the way it turned out, the way it ended up, it just, why was he throwing up? Did well, it? <laughs> I have theories on this. I believe the reason that he was vomiting is it just shows he's not a complete heel, that there is some part of his, his soul that can be saved. Okay, good. For future reference down the line, the way, you know, WWE is setting us up for the future is what That's it is. That's right. This is where I discovered my humanity is that when I had made the guy lose his eye, I vomited instead of reveling it. <laughs> it's like if Randy Savage had smashed Ricky Steamboat across the throat with the bell and immediately go, Oh no, brother, what did I do? You know? So- <laughs> <laughs> he called nine one one. I mean, that's all I can think. I mean, that's all I can think of is like they're ah, and then he, he pukes, and then, I don't know. I, I, unless it was supposed to somehow sell the um, you know the brutality of the match, because there is no Chris Cruz there to tell us that that's bad. Oh God, see, could we could we fly Chris Cruz down to the performance center and have him? waggle his finger at america to tell us that this is the wrong thing to do and it's bad for us otherwise i don't know I don't, i'm not aware I, I don't have any sort of moral compass of my own oh he's a hot commodity these days so i'm not sure if they could wrangle him up yeah i think they got him on morning drive on voice of america no. <laughs> like i said slightly fewer listeners than uh than impact has viewers which I'm trying to find the the replay of Impact on demand, you know, because I wanted to see the Good Brothers on there, and I haven't been able to find it yet. I guess I, I don't, don't know, know if you have to get it through Fight TV or what you have to get it through, but I have to. I, I want to try to watch Impact because I want to see the Good Brothers on there. So Access does not have a on demand. I didn't see it not on the Spectrum thing, but I, I may be missing something. But I looked. I mean, I think I'm I fairly. Look. I'm not even sure if they do or not either. That's that. It may be on Fight or it may be on one of those. Yeah. Which is something I, I don't know. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to pay for it. I don't, I don't love Machine Gun and, and, and Gallows that much. No. But I'm, I'm happy to, to hear of their exploits and see their exploits and see, you know, I, I think for the 775,000th time, I think Impact has another chance to kind of reset themselves by having some decent talent come in there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was a little excited about 
Slammiversary to see who all was showing up. And, you know, that's the start. Of course, the, the, the storyline stuff and the, uh, and everything has to pan out, but let's get the guys in there and then let's see what they can do with them. And just like Kurt Hawkins, Brian Myers apparently coming in. So maybe he can restart his stuff just like he Slater, you know? What do you think of talking shop a mania? <laughs> eh, I don't know. Oh, how much is that thing going to cost? I think they're going to charge like 30 bucks for that thing. Yeah, that's, I don't know if that's 30 bucks worth. I don't know if I'd pay that, but. You know what disappointed me about that? And again, I, I hate to be, I hate to be a bitch about this stuff, but I am. They, I can't believe they booked Enzo on this shit. <sighs> yeah. That, that bothers me. Yeah. I, 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 just when you think that dude's gone. Uh, I don't understand it. Well, was Cass on there too? I don't, I don't remember. I don't know if Cass was. I know they saw it on the trailer. They surely featured Enzo cutting a promo. Okay, yeah, I remember that. I just didn't. I didn't know. If I missed Cass somewhere, but okay, yeah. Jeez, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. When is it again? When was it? When they say think, it was? I think they launch it August the first, but it's going to be on demand for whatever. Okay, and it might be on high spots as well. They might high spots might have it available as well on their shit. Yeah. yeah but, I, don't I mean, it, it looks pretty funny. It looks like. They're going to have a good time with it. And if you're into what they're doing, I think you're going to have a good time with it. Right. And I, apparently Impact Wrestling is going to help market it and stuff like that. So they got a good deal out of it. It's very smart. They might uh, they might end up being the Jericho of, <laughs> of, of uh, Impact when it's all over with. Well, I think there's a chance for that if they book this thing right. But, I, again, I, I just don't know about – Yeah. I just don't, don't know about Don Callis and his ability to do anything these days. I just don't know. Yeah, uh, it's, the track record just doesn't look that good. I mean, I, I, you I like, can point like finger at a lot of things. I think, you, and, and Scott Demore too. I mean, I think I think those guys, you know, up till a couple of years ago, I would have said, yeah, I think they're probably going to make something decent out of this. And they've over and over again shown that they're not. And I, I don't understand the faith in people like Sammy Callahan. I don't I don't get that. No, at all. me neither, man. And I'm, I, you know, what I, I'm thinking right now. I, I think the tipping point for me, I was kind of, you know, giving them some some leeway and stuff at, at first. But I think the tipping point for me was back when that Austin Aries thing happened. Mm-hmm. And. To this day, nobody really knows, or at least I don't, if it was really a, if it was a work or, or or what that whole departure. When I guess it was a Johnny Impact or you know whatever his name was then, with that quick count or you know whatever. The yeah, he doesn't sell was. it. He, he, he yeah, he doesn't sell he it. Jumped, he jumps right back up. Then Don starts arguing with him, and then, then that they never. I don't know if they ever really followed. And Austin Aries is just a massive piece of crap. I mean, what what a, what an unbelievable ego this guy has had, and the opportunities he's been given. He just never is happy and never satisfied with anything. Yeah, and I think that's. I, and at first, I didn't know whether if it was you know just his character that that, that kind of eludes that, or if it really was the truth. But from what I've read and heard and stuff, it sounds like he's pretty much like that. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think. I think he's he's worked himself into a shoot as far as his. his he's living the gimmick kind of. And it's yeah, like, it seems like it, doesn't it? Ultimately, I think the guy's very talented. I've always thought that he was extremely talented. Oh, yeah. oh, but God, I mean, yeah. his attitude just kills him as far as the business goes. There's no, there's no way for him to to get around it. He's been given tons of opportunity, and every time he's found a way for his mouth to to take it away. Every well, I don't, time. you know, I don't know what happened with the whole WWE thing. I don't know who to point the finger at. I really haven't gone back and looked and you know read up on exactly what the deal was there. But man, he. It, it, you know, given the stage that WWE is and, and how 
Austin Aries can work the microphone and, and, and great in the ring and stuff. His potential there really was, you know, it could have been a whole lot more than it was. And it just fizzled, man. It just, it never went anywhere. And it's just, it's just weird to me. I thought, I really thought he was going to be a big time star when, when he signed with WWD. I really did. I thought he was going to, you know, be one of those guys, but I thought so as well because he was one of the best of the crop for all those years. I mean, you look at a guy like Bobby Roode and Bobby Roode has not had a good run per se in world wrestling entertainment, but he's at least been able to keep his mouth shut enough to keep his job. Right. True. But during, during a very difficult time, did you really think, but did you think that Bobby Roode would be really more than he, is right now when he first come in did you think he would be a big superstar at all i thought when he first got that glorious push i thought he was going to do pretty well and he did seem to have a baby face pop and, and get a lot of a, a pretty good pretty good reaction from the crowd for whatever that means yeah Plus he's, he's a fairly big guy and he's the kind of guy that yeah. vince would glom on to but you know vince falls in love for somebody with somebody for about five days and then he, he's done with him well i think the glorious thing got shoved down our throat so much i, I at least it seemed like that seemed like that to me and it, it just kind of turned me off on rude there for a, a little while you know here's the deal with uh talking shopamania it okay. launches on uh fight tv uh august the 1st at nine o'clock eastern okay and it's 15 bucks it's 14.99 okay that's not so bad that's something i would consider i would consider getting that yeah uh, and it looks, but I just, again, it just disappoints me to no end that they've got fucking, why did, why did we have to yeah. put Enzo on this? There's thing? so many people available and why, why him? Do, do, I mean, do, do they really think he's going to draw people? I mean, he might draw people, but is it the people that you really want him to draw it or does it matter since they have, it's just the, the green stuff that matters. So you I know, suppose that they, I guess they, they think for that segment of America that believes that women make up rape stories and stuff like that, that's their boy. I don't know. Oh yeah. Well, if they just get David Duke on there too, they can get, their, <laughs> get that you know segment of the population's money too. Shit. Hey, we're just working, brother. We're just working, trying to earn a buck. That's all we're doing. Fourteen ninety nine. You want it to be higher? Talking Shop comes to life on your screen with all of their zany, raunchy characters and some of the biggest stars in professional wrestling. Buckle up for a wild, booze-soaked wrestling event like only. Uh, little people, large women, and Sex Ferguson coming through the screen on a ride you will have to see to believe. Oh, I can sounds, imagine. That's a, can that sounds imagine. pretty interesting. It sounds pretty wild. Yeah, those yeah, those dudes are talented. They, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from them. Yeah, All right. and like fourteen ninety nine is not a bad deal, but that Enzo thing does a little bit of a monkey crawl, wrench. Man. Yeah, buddy, I'm sorry. All right, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Uh, no. Wear your masks, people, please. Please wear your masks, you dumbasses. It's not that hard. It's not. God dang. I swear to God. Uh, you can follow Bryant on Twitter and Instagram at Bryce Sports, B-R-Y Sports. I am followable on the Twitter machine. It's Britt Whitmire, B-R-I-T-T-W-H-I-T-M-I-R-E. Most of my tweeting is done through our account, which is Katie Vick Alive, at Katie Vick Alive. Um, I'm also on the Instagram, the gram, as the kids say, B-Dub4Reels, B-D-U-B, number four, R-E-E-L-Z. And you can support what we do at our Amazon store. All you have to do is shop there, and that is KatieVick.com. KatieVic.com. Until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.